I'm not going to be your role model. I'm not going to be that for you. And so, and it, you know, maybe I want to have Scott Gardner on my podcast to talk about Johnny Carson for almost two hours. Maybe that's something I want. Okay. How's it going? It's John. Um, did the intro to this episode on Instagram live, uh, just to do that. Um, enjoy. Check, 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 check. Can you hear me? Check, time. check. You know, cause this is my podcast. Cause this is my podcast. Cause I'm doing my podcast right now. This, this is my podcast. This is the live intro to my podcast. And maybe you didn't get that before, but this is my pod. I'm doing my, I'm doing these podcast intros on Instagram live. So this intro live intro will be on the podcast, but I need to clear some shit up because it's pissing me off. See, it's like people are coming at me. Like I'm their Messiah. Like, Oh man, I'm not like, I'm trying to have people on my podcast deliberately wasting your time. We're trying to talk about podcasts and maybe we learn something along the way, but it's chopping it up with my bros. And like, once again, this, once again, this is going, this is being recorded right now. This is being, this is on the garage band and the Instagram live. So I'm doing this live for my podcast. So my podcast has the energy of a live thing. So, and that's exciting for me, you know, that's cool for you too. Cause that's what you get that injection. But here's the thing. I'm not your dad. I'm not your fucking dad. Okay. I go on both sides. I, I read all the news from Maddow all the way to John Oliver. Yo. And I, and I watch podcasts. I l- listen to podcasts. I get it all, okay, but I'm not going to, I'm not a role model. I'm Bieber, okay? I'm not going to be your role model. I'm not going to be that for you. And so, and it, you know, maybe I want to have Scott Gardner on my podcast to talk about Johnny Carson for almost two hours. Maybe that's something I want, okay? You know what I'm saying? Maybe I want to have, maybe I want to have, maybe I want to have who? Maybe I want to have, uh, uh, Eva Anderson on. Maybe she wants to talk about incels. You know what I'm saying? But I want to have all opinions and all sides. And don't come for me with your with your bullshit because I'm not I'm not the one. I'm not your boss. I'm Bagel Boss, baby. I'm not your dad. I'm not your boss. I'm Bagel Boss. This is gonna be on recorded. This is not edited to its own detriment. It should be more edited. It's so raw. That we can't even, uh, we don't even care if it if it bumps the quality and it bumps it. Believe me, it's not good. Cause here's the thing, I'm John and I'm doing deliberately wasting your time. And it's like I'm trying to have my friends on. I'm trying to pe- have people on with all viewpoints. We gotta have, you know. And it's like I put out three episodes and yeah, maybe this is the one with Scott Gardner. We talk about Johnny Carson for almost two hours. We talk about Freddie de Cordova, all right? We talk about Ed McMahon. We talk about Doc Severinsen and the details and the gritty grimy. We go through, maybe we go through Mark Malkoff's podcast, The Johnny Carson Show, and maybe that's cool. 
Okay. And maybe that's cool, but you got to stop looking at me. Okay. You got to stop looking at me to be your role model. You got to stop. You guys got to stop looking at me to be, to be, to be your, your, your guy. I see your, I see your shit coming in. I'm not in Silver Lake. I don't live in Silver Lake. Uh, yo, people are, I'm good at riffing. Okay. And so like people see my riffs and they, and they're like, God, how can you, how can you riff that hard? You know, how can you be that funny? I took improv classes, dude. It's not magic. Okay. You can do it too. Go to UCB, you know, if you don't have UCB in your town, go to the, just Google uh, improv in your town. You can do it too. Okay, I'm not, just because I can put two thoughts together in a really entertaining way consistently on my podcast, don't deliberately wasting your time and offer reviews of some of the most interesting and informative and amazing podcasts that you can possibly imagine in the, in the whole world. I'm not... Jesus, man, and my podcast ain't the Bible, okay? I'm trying to have opinions on that differ maybe from yours. And I ain't your, I ain't John, I'm John Daly. I'm not John the Baptist. That was labored and not great, but I understand that coming off and being raw and unedited such as the, the way that I am currently, you can't be edited. And if you want to edit this shit, then you go and 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 why don't you go uh, burn your books Fahrenheit 451 or potentially have Big Brother looking over your shoulder like 1984 you boot licking um, uh, you're a boot licker cuck uh, and uh, yeah why don't you go get into astrology a cab witch um, what um, look I'm I'm not, I'm look. This is my muscle. I'm just because I'm attractive. I feel like a lot of people because I'm good looking and attractive. People are like, I want to follow you, you know, into the fire. But that's where I'm going, man. I'm going to the fire. So if you don't want to visit me in the fire unedited, um, maybe you should take a maybe you should take off. You know, maybe you're not built for this. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not built for this. All right. And this is definitely because because it's like people coming at me like John Daly. I'm a John Daly guy. I'm like, all right, dude, get the fuck out of my face, dude, because I'm not a you guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm doing the podcast. You're listening. It's a one way conduit. Like, don't look to me to be your fucking role model. I'm doing all sides. And just because I have Scott Gardner on to talk about Johnny Carson for almost two hours and that comes out tomorrow, just because I do that. And this is, by the way, a live intro. So you'll be hearing the entirety of my badass fucking live rant here on the podcast for the second time. If so interested, if you're not, press the plus 30 four to five times and you'll be past it it's no big deal just press the plus 30 let me drink my kombucha man i need a break man this is fucked up and just like that he's back okay i just need a little bit somebody saying okay i'm like bitch What's going on? I say bitch. I'm not afraid. I say B. I say C. I say S. I say F. I say 
Z. I say Q. I say U. I say J. This is live. I'm not editing this. Again, to its own detriment. This should be tightly edited, but it's going to be gelabulous and glat- gelatinous because it's. this is fucking raw. It's rawer than meat in uh in uh japan they do eat raw meat in japan and here i am you know and i'm not your bagel boss okay this is my podcast we chop it up bitch we chop it up i chop it up about podcasts dropping z-bombs like vietnam okay look i'm just reading the can you guys hear me can you guys hear me are you at an ice rink? Come on, man. You got to get a Theragun. And you got to get spin drip. Look at this. Look at that. Yeah. For those listening, look at this. Oh. Oh, my God. That's good. I'm Theragunning. I'm theragunning. Wow. It really it really feels good there. Wow. You guys, look at that. That's my love, that's my epaulets. My love patches. Look. I put this in my butt. I'm I'm on all the websites, okay? Fark.com, Drudge, you know? I'm doing it. I'm on the dark web trying to get weird, you know? So let's just behave, all right? Take it from Austin Powers and behave, okay? I'm almost out of here, but just, it's Scott Gerder. This is the podcast you're about to listen to because this is also the intro of the podcast. I'm recording this on the SR7, bitch. The best microphone in the world, all right? You know, and you just got to chill, Okay, and and let me do my thing because it's Scott Gardner and he's going to be on the podcast. This podcast, we talk about Johnny Carson. We go into the world of uh, we, we review a podcast, the Johnny Carson show. It's Mark Malkoff's genius podcast um, where he is extremely um, encyclopedic about uh, having people who are still alive from the Carson era on his podcast. And we. We uh, review two podcasts, one with his stage managers and one with his uh, stockbroker. And it is so stupid. And it's very stupid. That's the thing, man. Don't come to me looking. I'm not college. Okay? I'm I'm not grad school. Okay? I'm podcast. I'm a podcast guy. Right? You know what I'm saying? So, whatever you think, like... I'm Mr. Po- I'm I'm chopping it up. So if you take my chop ups as grad school or college, that's on you, dog. And this is really messy and live, and it's gonna be something to listen to because I'm not gonna edit this as it should because I'm free speech. Don't tread on me, uh, Kid Rock. But I'm also fucking. I get it. It's the high and the low. I'm also fucking Mad Ow, uh, Bill Maher. Maddow, John Oliver, Bill Maher, you know, these people, I'm, I'm with it. I listen to all the news and I 
fend for myself out there. It's like being an adult. Maybe I want to have Joe Mandy on. And Alan Dershowitz, who talks, who's talking, who's taking a deep dive on Dersh besides Dales? Deep dive on Dersh, you got to go to Dales, all right? And if you want to take a deep dive on Carson, you got to listen to this, what you're listening to right now. Get, go down. Hey, go to Apple Podcasts. Hey, go, hey, why don't you go to Apple Podcasts and why don't you download uh, this podcast and why don't you review it? Because that helps me out. And why don't you subscribe to it and then go to my Patreon. Give me money. Give me money, baby. I got to keep these things. Plum. And please, please, ladies and gents, give to the Patreon. Patreon John Daly. I'm making videos and putting out an album this year. Um, I will do a self-interview. Thank you. I'm in it for, uh, um, for uh, uh, a funny publication that I'll come up with soon. And edit it in. No, no edit. Look, enjoy the podcast. I want to... I want to just communicate. I really, yeah, join. See, I got someone live to join. That's the kind of communication that's happening right now. I got someone live to join. And am I wearing pants? I am. It's, yeah, pants. There you go. I'm hot, looking good. And and maybe that's another thing why you think I'm, uh, you're Jesus and you're, you're, you know, you should follow me. Uh, hey, I'm fucking jumping in the fire. So if you want to follow me, okay, I'm reviewing podcasts, okay? And the review scale, once again, is positive two to negative five. Positive two means you're, you hate the podcast and you're fast forwarding through it. Negative five means you love the podcast so much that you're slowing it down to get sexy with it. That's the kind of fucking content I'm bringing you with this fucking podcast. Why would you why, why would you not listen to this? Look. Drink Spindrift. We're getting it. Oh. Look how ripple. Look at the weird look look at that. Weird rip. Look at that. Ah! Ah! For those listening, we got the Theragun out again. God, this thing. It's worth getting the expensive one, guys. Oh, it's worth getting the expensive one. Just get the get, pay the money and get the Theragun. I'm telling you. Podcast out tomorrow. Podcast sponsor, Spindrift Soda. Spindrift Soda. Thank you so much for helping me. Uh, your strawberry soda is the best strawberry soda I've ever tasted. And it's not even soda because there's no strawberry soda because there's no sugar added. Um, Spindrift has been sending me a box of their new flavors every uh, every time they have new flavors. And now they're sponsoring my podcast. Thank you so much, Spindrift. Um, and keep making new flavors. I guess that's my message because every time there's a new flavor, be it pineapple, be it uh, raspberry lime, be it the delicious strawberry. At one time, even blackberry was a new flavor before it was a commonly loved one. Um, they've been doing it every single time. I'm blown away and it's like I'm tripping on acid and I have to go in my yard and just sit there and look at the sky or else I freak out. And fuck it, if I'm inside, I go outside. You know what I mean? 
LaCroix gang. All right. What is it? 2006 LaCroix gang. What is it? Somebody said LaCroix gang. See, that's the thing. I'm on. I'm recording this for the podcast, but see, that's why it's going to be confusing. But this is unedited. It's part of the deal. This is this is raw. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to check out. I'm, I'm peacing out. But you guys are cool. And fuck you. And listen to this podcast. Enjoy it. I keep forgetting that I'm introducing my actual podcast. I'm doing these live on Instagram. Thank you, Scott Gardner. Uh, one of my fuck, one of the fucking funniest guys in the world. Um, uh, follow him on every platform and listen to his podcast podcast, the ride, which I shout out during the podcast that you're about to listen to. All right. Okay. everybody it's deliberately wasting your time how's it going uh welcome back i uh, hope you enjoyed the joe mandy episode where we uh talked about alan dershowitz and juggalos um this is the johnny episode you guys know what i'm talking about the tonight show the famous tonight show that is so present in every american heart it is what entertainment was for so long and johnny was our ringmaster the ring one of the ring the the great ringmaster of the united states uh, and and uh allowed the lunatics to be in charge of the asylum but also ran the asylum with an iron fist we're here to talk about johnny carson every johnny carson podcast and we're here to talk about this withholding strange little man, Johnny Carson. Get inside his mind. Ed McMahon, simple man. You don't need to go inside his mind. Carson is an onion with no layers. It's one. La he's a he's a concrete onion. There's no layers to peel. It's Johnny Carson. Now, this will this podcast that really mostly we're going to be going over is Mark Malkoff. Someone named Mark Malkoff has basically what I would call one of the most impressive uh, in scope uh, podcasts that I've ever seen in my life. I think that it actually rivals WTF in the courageousness almost of its scope and its breadth. And I think that it is... Um, and the fact that it's about one subject makes it, sets it apart from that. And I think that this guy does such a good job of getting people from the history that are still alive, you know, from the history of Carson. It's just so it's it's basically it's deeply impressive to me. And the hustle involved. And I know you can feel the work. This guy gets Charles Grodin on his podcast two times, two visits from literally Charles Grodin. So that's. You know, if you, it's pretty impressive, you know, and this, this guy gets everyone. And then, and then, but in spite of that, I still think that me and my guest, Scott Gardner, can do one episode today that is the definitive Carson episode that where we, we come as close as we can to defining the man, to finding the show, to it, entering the American heart. 
And I think that if we, if we can make, I think that we can definitely make the definitive Carson item besides the actual watch, watching the tonight show. And that if we do, when we do, I believe that strongly that Jimmy Fallon will call us and give the tonight show to us. And I do believe that it'll, it won't be like, it'll just be like, guys, you know, I can't do this while you guys are alive. So I can either put out a hit on both of you and I don't want to do that. Cause you know, if I get caught or whatever, or I can just give the show to you and you guys have the tonight show. And then it's da 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 da. John Daly and my guest tonight, Scott Gardner. <laughs> what an introduction. I love Scott Gardner. Uh, how's it going? Hey, this guy, hey. I should intro you. You are a, a late night writer yourself. You wrote for Conan O'Brien. That's right. You uh, created one of my favorite, uh, like three of my favorite things, um, including um, Tiny Fuppets, Moonbeam City, and um, hey. the uh, universe of um, uh, Flip uh, Clip Club. Clip Cup universe. The Coupleverse. The, the Coupleverse, which you were, I'm so proud that you were a part of. It well, remains so a, proud. a big deal to me that you've oh. returned and reprised a character. You're Craig Healy's oh. brother. You're Greg I mean, Healy. It's no small feat. Yeah, and it's playing Craig's brother. I mean, the, the gravity of those scenes is not lost on me, and I, I know you're giving me a heavy load to bear, and I hope that I'm just uh, worthy of it. Um, and you've thank been you so in much. very heavy stuff. We have le- we've needed someone with the acting scope that you, and range that you have. You can't just yeah. give that to some comic. Uh, yeah. it, it, re- it requires acting. I'm uh, a magnolia. Uh, if you haven't seen these things. Level. I'm a magnolia yes. level actor. Yeah, I yeah. Well, that was a dream come scenes. true. We, yeah, we got to do a thing together. We've uh, 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 my partner in this, Nick Carassi, and I have talked forever about wanting to do a, a, a dad dying scene that, like Tom Cruise does with Jason Robards in Magnolia, where the emotion is so high that everyone ends up um, uh, like uh, clapping. That's a lot of it. Is that's mainly like I get. I don't know. I I haven't been in this situation. I hope to not be, but it'll happen someday. someday my dad uh, uh, might be on death's door, and we'll see how much I end up clapping as a result of the the raw emotion yeah. and yeah. like clapping and snapping. I guess that's yeah. the only way. Ah, daddy, ah, daddy, ah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like it, I, I don't know. Talking we'll about it now might make you too open to doing it in the wrong context. But who knows? You know, yeah, kind of like it's good. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I, I, but, don't, but don't I'm willing. I'm willing it into existence. I guess uh, um, you yeah, could be. I'll, I'll be clapping no matter what. Yes, everybody watch Complicated, and uh, this is Scott Gardner, my good friend, and we were uh, playing golf like two normal guys, and we uh, started talking about mm-hmm. Johnny Carson, and I just immediately was like, oh yeah, well yeah, let's do let's do it, let's do the definitive Johnny Carson podcast, and here we are doing it. So there you go. Um, I, was I feel really great you? about it. And I think to to bring Johnny into this medium, I mean, how proud he would be to be once again the king of a medium, despite this medium yes. not existing while he was alive. I think it speaks to the transcendence of, of Johnny. And yeah. that by even talking about him one time on this, we will have undoubtedly created the king of podcast episodes, just as he I, was the the king of, of comedy and of TV and all, all media. Yes, and we will, from the residual shine that we get just by shining a light on him, that, of course, shines back on us. And um, 
allows us to create. I mean, it. he did not live in the time of podcasts, by the way, Scott, but he did live in the time of definitive things and interviews like, you know, Dick Cavett interviewing Jimi Hendrix or whatever, you know, kind of these uh, definitive interviews. So he would understand sure. what this is and he would, uh, I think, bow down uh, and uh, and go. These guys are great. I don't do a impression, but by they've, the they've by the end, uh, yeah, these guys got chops. Um, that's terrible. Not it. Wait, what terrible. is the? Where, wait, yeah, yeah, we we started. Our pitch was wrong. It's, well, it's that uh, people kind of do man. that. Uh, it gets a little bit yeah. like whom? Like uh, a, he did a character, a Art Kern, who was super nasals, uh, and that, and people have kind of turned that into him. Like uh, um, yeah, so you gotta yeah, go here, yeah. ooh, and then and then you kind of pull your uh, your shirts. I guess that's that's uh, uh, that's how you do. But then there is that uh, scratchy voice thing too. To the itch I'm of gonna, like, uh, well, gee, I don't. I'm uh, going to buy a um, boat. I'm going to go buy a boat. I'm going to. Do you want to uh, play golf? Do you want to play golf? He's so American. He's so Midwestern and corn fed that it's. It's like a, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, Mur. yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of like this. He did a great Reagan. He would play Reagan sometimes during the 80s. Oh, that's right. Yes. That was, that was one of the characters, the, um, the, 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 the character world of Carson. I feel like I, I think I understand a guy who was uh, very funny and charming talking to all the biggest stars in Hollywood. And I was always interested in him as a kid, but then same. I'd see character stuff and go a little and like, hmm, not sure. Yeah, it's not pretty sure hee-haw. that the characters translate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the appeal is just I am wearing a wig and I am wearing a, a funny jacket. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he he walked, I guess, so that greater sketch comedians <laughs> could run. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah, the sketch comedy was all like that. He was doing pretty advanced stuff, actually. I found, you know, just through. I mean, I watched a lot of Carson during the pandemic, just randomly. And I was just watching uh, what was Bob, Bob Hope and Dean Martin were on in 1969. And it was like legendarily spontaneously funny and crazy. And you watch that and then they had they tried to recreate the magic in like 1971 or 70. And if you watch that one, they both bombed so hard and that it made me question like Dean Martin. I'm kind of like, is Dean Martin good? Like Bob Hope remained funny and I don't like really Bob Hope or don't care about him anyway, but he was fucking Bob Hope spontaneously very very funny. But what I wanted to say before we dive into this and sorry, I I digress. Yeah. I digress. What I want to intend I digress. I I, I, digress. I, I digress. Ed. <laughs> yes, almighty. That was good. Fun. Yes. Almighty funk master. Yes. I mean, that's that's Damn. Uh, Phil Hartman. That's Phil Hartman's Ed McMahon, basically. Well, that's what you're all. You're just waiting for somebody to crack it open. And anybody trying a Carson is really doing Kevin Spacey's Carson. I feel. Yeah. The, speaking of <laughs> definitives, Kevin Spacey did it the best. I think I think we can all agree. My he did yeah. in his in his master class he um like you pay for an acting master class that's oh, yeah. forty five episodes and one of them is how to do a Johnny Carson impression yeah which how is that gonna I help did his the, uh, Shatner common class. actor I did his Shatner class well you know because he's gonna be like <laughs> the thing about you have to find the essence of the person mm-hmm. now with Johnny now with Johnny he's got that upright stance. And he's, I 
am an international sex criminal. <laughs> anyway, see, this is my, <laughs> that's Kevin Spacey should say every time. Um, so, so what I want to intend, this is my intention, is that we come up with, and I texted you about this, that we come up with the definitive laws of Carson. So this is like the things that people talk about when they talk about Carson, the famous handful of things. One of them we talked about, right? Getting waved over to the couch. That's one of the, that's of probably, is that number one? Is that number one? I think one? it's number one. It's this, it's gotta be the thing that comes up the most in any sort of behind the scenes or history of comedy. And certain, certainly this podcast that, that we'll talk about, uh, um, this, this, this make or break lore that if you were a comic who like your whole life was really riding on your form, you know, you got to remember there was only three channels, right? There weren't a thousand yeah. avenues and podcasts and all this. It was really all about if Carson waved you over or not the famous oh, yeah. wave. And then we've seen that like portrayed and recreated in a lot of, Shows. I feel like they've given that to fictional characters like John yes. Carson stand-ins. Hey, there's been the wave over moment. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, it's I don't know. Like there's. I'm dying about, up here. I'm dying a, up here. A show that I was on did Carson. Did that do that really? I'm dying. Yes. Here, did the the wave over and the, and the and the the, the, you, the guy who played Carson was phenomenal and he was the uh, uh what's his name? I, I'm blanking on his name, but he was the un, uh, the pedophile in uh, Happiness, <laughs> the dad. <laughs> <laughs> but he played oh, Carson. Oh, he Dylan played Baker. Dylan oh, Baker. Dylan Baker. Wow, amazing wow. Carson. Amazing yeah. Carson. And there was a whole thing in that Very about getting called over the bed. But did he get the couch? Wow. What's the couch? It's getting panel. You don't understand. You work. A, and, and so, well, I wanted to dive into this now. And Nosh, let's play um, uh, Yakov 2. And just he talks about a little bit about how hard it was. And this is a guy who um, who. Uh, Yakov Smirnov, you know, is is a Russian comedian who defected from Russia in the 70s, lived with Andrew Dice Clay above the comedy store, came up at the comedy store and got famous, even a little bit famous before The Tonight Show, but then got The Tonight Show. And uh, at first they hated him and he had so much difficulty getting on. So you were doing stand up. It was a goal to do Carson. Macaulay did not think you were ready. Did you think you were ready to do Carson? Oh, I thought I was ready. Yes. But he kind of did me a favor, you know, by, you know, delaying my um, my appearance on the Tonight Show. And at some point, uh, you know, he basically came to the comedy store, saw my show and said, listen, uh, let's just make it easier on you. Uh, you'll you'll get on that show when the hell freeze is over. How is that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's hard. The thing is about that, Scott, I, I know, uh, Yakov's secret because I went to see his Broadway show. He took his Branson, Missouri show to Broadway and I loved him as a kid. And in like 2006 or something, he came to Broadway and did that show. And I, no, the every story he tells on this podcast is verbatim in his show. So he just has all of these. He's done them thousands and thousands of times. He has everything worked out. But I'll give it to him. I love Yakov, and he's so good at acting and comedy that he makes it spontaneous and good. But this was a show Jeez. where huh. he started the show. The audience is coming in, and he is on a 
on a, uh, a stepladder painting with pastels, like pastel chalks that are on a large wooden stick, like at the end of a stick, coloring in a picture of his children on a gigantic canvas on the Broadway stage. And then a, a spotlight hits him. Once the audience Wait, is when in, you walk in, it's when like you a cold walk in, open. He's just when doing you walk it, in, whoa. he is sitting there. He is painting his children on a giant with pastels. He's, I guess that's his hobby. He's painting his children and then a big sunlight type uh, uh, sunbeam comes in on him and he goes, oh, I didn't see you there. Everybody goes, ah, like, he's like pretends it was like he didn't notice the Broadway audience coming in and then he goes hi which is his thing um and then he like talks a about sincere, his sincere i didn't see you there that's wild yeah and then he's like i was just sketching my children um so yakov i mean this is a guy who's led a hard hard knocks life and there's so many i don't want to spend too much time on comedians because we have other uh carson uh tonight show adjacent people to listen I'm, to and anyone can you can you can hear a comedian talk about carson at any time i think you agree scott there's so many sources of this yes what what, what drew you to yakov smirnoff and to, to go to the show and to listen to this to his episode of the carson to, podcast among um, of and the what is what speaks to you about uh, yakov john Here's what speaks to me about Yakov. And, well, you know, I just thought he was goofy and funny when I was a kid, I guess. And I kind of, I, I knew him. Maybe he was on a commercial when I was like, it's very vague. But I just loved him because he was just, it's more like the echoes of making fun of his bit, which is like, in Soviet Russia, you wait in line for this. In America, you do this. In Soviet Russia, it's like this. And it's worse. And then you die. Uh, the war, the, the, in America, you have things we never had in Russia, like policemen have warning okay, shots. Okay, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that's 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 the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. You know, it's just like that's the call. That's the that's the 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 weight that's put on this call you over moment, and we give respect, you know, to that call you over moment, and I think that's number one. Yeah, to speak um, to somebody who who got the moment. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I, I I should say a little. I mean, I mean it's it's fascinating. To, uh, get, like, so so this podcast is is a podcast that like speaks to many many people who were not just guests on the Carson Tonight Show, but also worked on the Carson Tonight Show. So you get the perspective of what yes. it was like to to just to be near Johnny and to see that finger and to see that finger wag and get you to come over and. and uh, yep. um, I you know it is fascinating to hear somebody like Yakov Smirnov just talk as himself, somebody who is like a I only know as an act. It seems like he goes into the act during his interview. He can't right. help but but do it. But I like I, I guess like if I could say really quick that I I started I'm trying to remember how I started listening to this podcast, which I do listen to kind of every week. It's at this point, phenomenal. it's up to 350 episodes. They've done yeah. he's done so many of these. It's been going since 2014, and I think that I must have found it because of somebody more prominent. I was trying to remember, and I think it was 
Chevy Chase, possibly. I think I got curious if Chevy Chase had ever been on a podcast, and I discovered that he was. It is the Carson podcast, where he talks exclusively about his relationship with Johnny Carson being on the show, running into him over the years. Okay, that's interesting. So Chevy Chase has done a podcast. It's what you would expect. He is, like, sort of out of it and kind of, like, searching for words, and uh, the connection isn't great, and it's about it's, like... Uh, uh, you know, not quite there as you would expect Chevy Chase to be on a thing. But then I started going, what else, who else is, has he talked to? And the list of luminaries, it's the, what just what I love about the podcast is the divide between luminaries and then some guy who worked there. And it, like you yeah. get it all. You get the top of the top and the bottom of the bottom, every possible angle on the Carson Tonight Show. And I want him to do a yeah. thousand episodes because I want to know where else it goes does he like does he talk to the guy who painted the lines in the parking lot i uh uh, like do they uh, i mean do they talk to somebody who bought a carson suit at an auction uh uh like here could you put it on while i'm talking to you and just (laughs) can i hear the cloth Uh, that's i feel like is the level of minutia that we'll start to get into yeah i mean this this guy deals with he he really he 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 could be he could be inter- interviewing valets eventually or yeah or just like you met you so did he shake your hand and what was the handshake like what was the oh yeah and did he look you in the eye oh wow so he was a perfect gentleman oh wow yeah that's Johnny you know everyone thinks they know this unknowable just totem of a man this vanguard he's like such a, a siphon you know a cipher he's he's a he's so in this stage managers round this this is how this is how this is also kind of like this is my future and, and I'm I, I was just this gets me thinking about the future of my podcast because Mark Malkoff, this guy, I mean, has the this, this guy's made the definitive Carson podcast in a very impressive and spectacular way. So I am sitting here going, this guy is now interviewing stage managers. <laughs> and so what's am I going to run out of guests? Am I going to run out of podcasts to deliberately waste the time with this thing with Scott? I mean, and I am I going to end up with guests like this? This is a uh, episode called Stage Managers Roundtable. These guys, Dan, but, Ford but and I Kevin think this Flynn. is I think this is his dream. I I, yeah. I think that he I think he had to burrow through the the stars to get to the Stage Manager Roundtable. I think that was always the no, dream, think, and he right, had to no. fight through his his Regis's to, and his Ed Asners and his, yeah. and his uh, you know <laughs> his Carl Reiner's. That, that's the like because he just really say wants the, the, the dichotomy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just like yes, but like he, the the level of I was going through the episode list and who he has had, and it's all these like treasures of people. Initially, like when the podcast started, it was these people who were oh yeah titans of the industry who have a lot of whom have died, a lot of whom have died recently. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like recent sad deaths, Louis Anderson and Bob Saget. He had them on. Charles Grodin. Yeah, I like. I mean, I think the first podcast that ever that Charles Grodin ever did, and he did it twice too. Um, So he's had true legends. But then it's gone on for three hundred episodes, and and this is the one where I was like, I need to start vocalizing about this podcast I'm listening to to people that there that there is an episode stage manager roundtable. It is like such a what a wonderful. Yeah. mundane 
title the first episode and the episode is... itself does not disappoint i feel uh, no. uh just like hearing these these grouchy crotchety guys uh, uh yeah. who are just like union hands um like like such real salt of the earth they don't dress anything up they don't perform like yakov they're just telling yeah. their old cranky stories let's cut to one of these guys uh number 15 this is uh what these guys, these stage managers, this is what they think uh, they're going to miss. What do they miss about The Tonight Show? Dan, what do you miss most about The Tonight Show working on the show? I could say what I miss most about late night TV is political neutrality. You know, uh, they're all now so political. And some of them are, are good. It's not like Bill Maher. He's good. But, you know, you don't sit down and watch Bill Maher if you don't like him. You know, I mean, if you you know what you're going to get. But uh, they've all become so political. And you never really knew where Johnny was going to come from because he was. There it is. He's an equal opportunity, an equal bash, opportunity you know, and basher. And that's. That's uh, he misses the political neutrality. I think I think that's a fair thing to say. I think that's good Um, because he would hit Reagan, but then he would hit Carter just as hard. Oh, yeah. And that's what you don't get anymore. You know, people pick a side and they stay there. And but there's so much comedy to be mined from uh, from Pelosi and the left and nobody's goddamn doing it. Oh, yeah. Well, at first Letterman Letterman was uh, right down the middle, but then he turned a hard left. He turned a hard left. <laughs> That's what this one of these guys says at some point. <laughs> They're so uh, that, this guy. This guy is my favorite guy who's who's been on the show for sure, and he's been on it more than once. Dan Ford is his name, and he so he was a stage manager on the show. Uh, in, I think in the seventies and the eighties, he is the grandson of John Ford, the Western director. Um, so that's, Is that, that feels right? very hard scrabble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, catch that. Uh, I mean, He's the grandson yes. of John Ford. So yes, this, this hardcore grizzled motherfucker director genius who made comes from grizzled. Everything. He like the, like this comes grizzledness in his DNA. There's wow. so much grizz in there there's in so his much... bloodstream. There's little gristles throughout. He's pure. Um, but he, uh, He's pure grizz. <laughs> Pure Grizz. This um, guy. He. This guy. I, I listened to another episode that he's on uh, outside of Stage Manager Roundtable, and he tells a story. Of, he got to go on the show as a as a couch guest because he oh, wrote yeah, a they, book about his grandfather, John Ford. He like he he told stories about you know one of the great directors ever, and as such, he was uh he was seated next to the night's primary guest, which was Robert Blake. This guy was on Johnny Carson next to Robert Blake and like gave him the business a little bit, like did oh little jabs of Robert Blake. And the host well, Robert trying Blake to get a is something a out of him. Disturbing at best, disturbing talk show host, talk show guest. Serious. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. He I, is. I think even even back then, I think there was something off about him. I, oh yeah. They, they talk. He's one of the people who's thrown under the bus in the Saturday Night Live book. Like one of the people they're willing to say was an asshole. Uh, when he right. hosted, there's so, where he like crumpled up a sketch and just threw it back in the writer's face. It yeah, seems like he was always pretty horrible. Um, once you murder then, your so, once so the, you murder your wife, they'll talk shit about you on SNL. <laughs> you have to murder it takes your wife. That you have to break a law. 
The biggest yeah. law. But he, uh, the, the host is trying to get info out of him. Like, uh, what was it like with Robert Blake up there? Maybe thinking he'd tell a story about him being kind of a, a loose cannon or something. And instead, what he says is, you know, he was a good man. I'll tell you. You know, he, you know, I know he had his trouble. You know, there was that trouble he got in. But I, a lot of my guys worked on Beretta, and he was a gentleman, <laughs> and he was a class act. So he was a good man. <laughs> so this guy goes out Beretta. of his way to stand up for Robert Blake. Yeah. I mean, I don't care wow. how many wives well, he killed. He was good on Beretta. Yeah. He was as solid of a gentleman he as was he a could be. Nice on, on set. What a guy. Always nice to me. Always nice to me. Sure, he killed people. Always great to <laughs> me. That's like Peter Falk was like a nightmare on set, but he was like the best. And then Robert Blake was a gentleman on set, and he's a he's a nice cold murderer. And watching him on Carson specifically, like Carson has him on a lot. And like, he's upsetting. Like, he's like, yeah, I got drunk the other day. Like he's dark, you know, it's like, he's, he's, he's like a messed up dude. If you watch old, uh, uh, there's one, there's another Carson podcast, which is now a relic that lives online. It's called the Johnny Carson podcast. I think, um, unless that's the name, but Mm -hmm. wait, I'm looking it up on my phone right now, but, uh, there's another one that had this Robert Blake episode on it and it, uh, it is, you know, kind of upsetting that this whole podcast got taken the, off. This was I a podcast that was because. Reasons. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we we uh, when we were golfing, perfect that we were golfing in tribute to the to, to yeah. Johnny, to the man. He'd, he'd be so happy. We'd, we'd have got along, gotten along with him famously. But um, the Carson yeah. po- like because when I said. Uh, you know what I listen to is this Carson podcast. You said, I love that podcast. I've heard every one of them. And I was like, really? There are 300 of them. And you said, wait, no, there was this That's other one that podcast. is clips of the show. They turned the Carson show into a podcast, but now it has been bailed on. Like, and, and why bail on they had, podcast? they had all these episodes and one of them, one of the most interesting ones is Orson Welles and Robert Blake. I'm looking at it right now. They, and it's it's still there. It's called the Johnny Carson Show, right? And which is a good name, Johnny Carson Show. But it was all just interviews from Johnny Carson, and I guess they didn't have the rights to it. So it would be a short intro by this dude who was like loosely connected to the show and was like, "Yeah, my uncle was a, a page there, or whatever." And here's my show, and it just doesn't compare to Malkoff. You know, he just didn't have the spirit, and he was just he. But it's interesting to hear the Robert Blake. Anyway, it's just another one of those things taking up space online and killing trees every year and just like these goddamn NFTs. Anyway, here's uh, number nine, Anosh, number nine, 3315. Here's how these guys uh, felt about Ray Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Sweeney can tell you Ray Charles story. Stories better than anybody because, uh, well, Ray Charles was Ray Charles, you know, he's a perfectionist and he would whip the band up pretty good. And he would always say, he would say, didn't I ask for a fifth trumpet? And, uh, you should get Don Sweeney to tell you these stories. And he said, no, we don't recall, but we'll get one. If you want one, Ray, you got anybody you want in mind? And he said, no, 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 that's okay. Where's the fifth trumpet? You know, five minutes later, you know. And I don't know if it was forgetful or, or just whipping him, uh, but he was tough on the band. But I don't know if it was because he was just a grumpy guy who was blind or because he was a perfectionist. I, I'll give him the benefit of the because he was, he was Ray Charles, you know. He was a terrific musician. Yeah, no, Ray Charles was one, one of the 
one of the best. Did any of the musicians have close <laughs> I love how set Mark, rehearsals? I love Normally, how people Malkoff, um, sometimes Malkoff. pages could come in or whoever. But was there anyone that was so secretive sets. that they just wanted nobody there while they rehearsed? Not that I recall, but yeah. there might have been. Uh, Maybe. You know, how can there be nobody I don't know. there? I mean, there is nobody there except the crew. I, I guess mean, the essentials. He says, how could there be nobody there? I was talking about. Um, <laughs> you can't film well, a TV you know, show with nobody there. Be there would be the pages. Oh, yeah. yeah Let's yeah, cut yeah. it, Anosh. And just, we got, you know, the, the, these guys are just salt of the earth. Are they salt of the earth or did Ford grow up like a millionaire? Like, and he just like fell into this like insane, you know, like forever job at Johnny Carson and just. Yeah, I'm not set. sure. I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, what. Does it, yeah. Does it. Is there enough runoff when you're John Ford's grandson? I mean, I think anyone oh, in grandson, early Hollywood. Sorry, I thought it was. It was yeah. grandson. Okay, so there's okay, one level of yeah. removal. So you, I guess it depends on how the kid did. I don't know. But I think those early Hollywood guys, because they all like brought, bought up all of LA and Orange yeah. County, you know, so Bob like Hope, if, yeah. if you were successful in Hollywood back then, you bought, you know, 40 acres and then have been piecing them out to your, uh, uh, you know, down your family line ever since. Oh yeah. Um, so he's, he's probably in good shape. I don't oh, yeah. know, but, but what, but I like the clips that you've chosen here illustrate something that I like a lot about this show, which is most podcasts. You don't get to hear people this old. I yeah. think like, you don't almost usually hear everyone. People. The yeah. fact that like all of his most prominent celebrity guests are deceased now, and then there's these people who will do like what? I don't. I mean, maybe I'm not. Sh- uh, you'd have to ask uh, Don, I think, because yeah. I don't know if I would. Uh, oh I yeah, wouldn't know that. Which is bad. which is truly evident here in number sixteen, Anosh fifty six fifty nine, um, when they're asked point blank by Malkoff here. Um, about whether uh, they they were drinking or doing drugs on Johnny Carson. Culture has changed so much. Without naming any names, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Was there? It was the seventies. You know, them. was there dr- drug use on set? I know for a lot of shows there were, and that was the hey culture. Oh. Did some people do that? Was that kind of open? I, I would say our show was too old fashioned for most of that. So oh, some of it right. was happening. It wasn't like like the Arsenio show or anything like that, you know. Because we oh, did that's we skewed pretty. I mean, we that feels weird. That feels about, weird, you know, dude. Crew, what's the it wasn't like age? the Arsenio it was show. Who said the average age of this crew is deceased? <laughs> Racism so and age. They were into booze. They weren't yeah. into drugs. They were not into any of that. I mean, when Look. Coke came around. Then some of the, you know, if you will, some of the young ones like myself and such like that, you know, would experience that. But mainly we would experience boozy. that. And some of the young ones, the musicians. Um, yeah, the musicians, you know, and they, you know, they run their gamut, as we know. They run back. their gamut, as we know. Dan, same experience, basically, what Kevin said. Yeah, basically, you know, uh, not from my, uh, I didn't see any, uh, you know, the only one that amazed me was Fred DeCordova, how much he could drink. Another legend. Talking that's to Emily. Big, that's Freddie DeCordova. Well, you know, Fred would always have a big cocktail before he went over there, you know, like before <laughs> he went over for the rehearsal for the show. And then as soon as he got there, he sits down, he's got a big drink, and he drank vodka and Coca-Cola. Ugh. 
Anyway, Ugh. but it's amazing how much he these guys consumed. did not like age, the court I mean, of the guy was 75 and be lucid and be together and be coherent. Yeah. Okay. And let's cut it in notes. You know, Everything I've heard about Johnny Carson, Scott, is that he was gacked out of his mind for the entire 1970s through like oh. mid 80s. And that his I doctor see. told him, like, you're going to die early if you don't stop with the gack. And so he had to, like, get in a program and get off the yayo. You know? Wow. Wow. I mean, doesn't like does the the job, I feel like in a lot of and, and he was kind of the only person with the job at this time doesn't it sort of cause you to crack and have to enhance with uh, various substances oh yeah to just to keep up the it's it is an insane amount of, of work and pressure on one man and right uh, right it adds up it shouldn't be so insane i guess that this ha but it's weird that like is everybody towing the party line like it feels like these guys would have known if there was a bunch of uh, coke around i think it's these guys are towing the party line because they are old school they're like old they're like Real, like, yeah, you don't reveal the secrets kind of guys. I think they're just being good guys, like good. Well, there's that thing that people like to say now about how private matters were private matters. And now in this world of TMZ and everybody's tweeting and everything, now you know everything about everybody. Yeah. Back then, we kept their horrible secrets deep in, into in deep, dark closets. It was we all buried them in the ground. <laughs> the secrets were buried with them in the literal ground. It was all the way the other way. Yeah. The only way to learn about your parents was to read their desperate notes after they died. <laughs> oh, my God. Determined decades after the fact that they were repressed homosexuals. And that's but that's that's the way we liked it us the kids the parents were extremely sad they <laughs> lived with so much burden and uh, were miserable always but we liked not having to hear about problems <laughs> uh, no let's go down because i love this um number 17 and that's 101 16 i love i love this quote uh malkoff has a great little kind of fun question here where he says what would you tell a young person to watch in in terms of uh, Carson? Oh, to I heard introduce, yeah, funny. To introduce him to... Uh, What's the Carson, Carson sampler? What's the Carson sampler? To show somebody that was younger that had never seen the show for them to really understand what was special about it. What are just some moments that maybe come to mind that would be good for them to watch? I'll start with Dan. I would, I would say... Uh... <laughs> Show them two political monologue jokes, one bashing uh, Reagan and one bashing Carter. My favorite Reagan bashing joke was that about the time Evita came out and he came out and he says, well, there's a new hit, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber has a new hit on Broadway, Evita. It's about this guy, Juan Perón, who became, who is, uh, you know, a mid-level colonel in the Argentine army, kind of a laid back guy. And there's a very ambitious wife pushing him. And he said, well, that's a good thing that that couldn't happen here. You know, I mean, <laughs> that was that was, you know, uh, an anti Reagan joke. And I can't think um, of a, an anti left cool, joke. Good. But, you know, he, he was an one. equal opportunity. Uh, but he did him. Look it up. He did him. And something that demonstrated John's an equal opportunity basher. His ability to uh, <laughs> spontaneously, uh, even when he bombed, 
He could make he could make a joke. That's out the of other. Mine. That's, that's a another big thing. One. Pause it. Pause it. We have it. a Carson Tennant. We, we have is. a Carson Tennant. I think we have two. Okay, let's let's do some fans. Let's do some service to the laws of Carson here, because <laughs> yes. First of all, we have Freddie De Cordova. The Freddie. He's oh. he's the guy with the dark glasses that like he's the Higgins of the show, right? Yeah, in terms of in that, Fallon. Well, I guess in that he was. I don't think Higgins actually like produces the show. I think he's more the McMahon in a way. He's the like shadow right, man. True. I kind of the Lorne, I guess you might say. Wait, so he's um, not on stage? I thought they were saying he was on stage with a big fat drink, but maybe he's just. Well, you know what he he's is to the is, side. Is, exactly, the side. is the uh, Rip Torn. He's already in in Larry Sanders. That's completely right. what he's based on. He was on Larry Sanders as himself, and they like you know they were old drinking buddies, etc. But that's a big, um, yeah. That like Carson. Anybody who goes who talks and, about Carson and tells Carson stories for more than ten minutes will get to well. And then Freddie de Cordova, and then you had Freddie de Cordova walking around. And I find that often there's no like real meat to the story. They just sort of like right. to say the name. As do I. It's really fun to say Freddie de Cordova. Freddie de Cordova. Um, it sounds like an old school comedy name that you love to say. Like. Oh well, Freddie de Cordova's playing tonight or whatever. Yeah, it's like it's pro- he probably got the job because Carson liked his name, just because like, he could, he could spit that at Freddie de Cordova and uh, yeah. Freddie yeah. de Cordova yeah, over I here. Think so. I think so. He hired it based on Carson musicality. Hey-oh! I think you'd see that's that's what's one of the another. That was a well, brilliant yeah, Carson. The code. You just cracked the code of uh, Carson, and I I, I, I give you uh, props, oh, Almighty Carson uh, Master. <laughs> now, uh, so Freddie de Cordova. Okay, so the the list of laws of Carson. We got getting waved over, you know, to the couch. We got Freddie mm-hmm. de Cordova, and then yeah. we got the fact that he is. What was the? He was good when he bombed. Sorry. Oh yeah, he, he was almost bad better joke. when he bombed. It's because then he had to react, and uh, and he would he'd make light of it. Yeah, and he would he would uh, throw his writers under the bus. Oh yeah, he would. Uh, uh, he was willing to shit on the efforts of the of the crew. Yeah, and uh, and piss all over him. Yeah, instead of having good jokes, they would write bad jokes. Uh, and uh, he would bomb and then know he bombed and then make a face uh, like uh, who's who's the guy with the uh, <laughs> the the old TV show with uh, he has like a, a butler called Rochester. That's like a stereotype. Rochester. Yeah. Jack yeah. Benny. Rochester. Jack he, so he's the king of the take. And so, yes, uh, you know, the take is just one of Carson's weapons. You know, he would go mm. out. He has the pause. He has the take. He has the golf stroke start. He's got all these different weapons, but, but you know, he's better and funnier when he bombed because there's no such thing. I guess I think they just tried to write bad monologue jokes and in, and just to, just to go into, there's a guy named Pat McCormick who is another legendary guy. And let's go to number 11, Anosh, so that we can hear a little bit from uh, uh, from uh, Mr. Ford and Quinn about Pat McCormick, who has a McCormick. a bit of a uh, uh, checkered reputation. Mm. I don't think you were for the Pat McCormick streaking incident. You no, were- I wasn't, but I knew Pat a little bit. Uh, but, uh, uh, Pat was a uh, track hound. You know, he hung around the track. <laughs> I used to run, run into him down at Del Mar all the time, and we'd trade horse tips. 
Uh, a lot of, lot of racetrack references there. <laughs> track hound. <laughs> what was the funniest thing you ever saw Pat McCormick do on the show or off the show? Probably drink uh, for, a cup of coffee instead of a, a glass of scotch. You know, I don't know. That's the one. I remember him saying something to the effect that he had the license on aerial view jokes. That he had a pack on that and said, like, no, they're all Everybody right. was wasted. I don't know. It's just like, how bizarre are you? <laughs> I I I have something to say about this because I know this guy Pat McCormick is just a legend. He was like six foot nine or something. He's a very tall, just Irish dude, and he I I know this from the Gilbert Gottfried podcast. They tell this story oh. about Pat McCormick, where all these rich writer Tonight Show writers and all this group, this big group of friends, um, you know, who Pat McCormick was friends with would try and outdo each other uh, every like every New Year's. They would take each other out for these lavish dinners and eventually have dancers come out and eventually just keep one upping each other in terms of these gigantic dinners. And eventually Pat McCormick just invited everybody over to his house. Nobody was home and the lights were off and everybody was like standing in his yard. And Pat McCormick came out with these brown bag sandwiches and everyone was like, what's going on, Pat? And then a helicopter landed in his yard, and one by one, these guys would go into the helicopter and get flown around Hollywood while they get a blowjob from a different prostitute. That was Whoa. that was in Pat McCormick's sky? like super oh legendary one up of the dinner of the asshole dinner situation. <laughs> and so so when they say like Pat McCormick, like, you know, like uh, you can tell Malkoff is kind of searching, like, what is the freakazoid Pat McCormick? You know, but he's, you know, he streaked, as they said. You know, he's a guy that's uh, a big, uh, wants to take his dick out. He's a dirty bird. He's a dirty weird, bird. Weird, wild stuff. It's weird, wild Johnny stuff. Johnny might say. Weird, um, wild stuff might make the list, Scott. Does weird, wild stuff make the Assu- list assuming that that's a thing he actually said and that that isn't some Dana Carvey of Dana Carvey in the way that because Regis didn't actually say I'm out of control I'm out of control started saying yeah. it after uh, Dana Carvey did re- so I now I'm worried having said it that weird wild stuff is is a false uh, attribution I, I don't know weird. I mean, Mark would know Mark the the host of this for sure no would you know, know what you know what I I think that I could see it I could see Carson saying, that's wild. That, you know, that's wild, that's wild stuff. So if mm-hmm. I can, I can I really hear, hear the why, you know, that's, that's some wild stuff. So if, if why, I, I don't know, weird, wild stuff. He probably said it once and it's stuck in Dana Carvey's mind. And, you know, just like Spacey says, that's the essence. You got to find that thing. You like, need your, yeah, which you know that Spacey, like, must have, like, watched a, a, an actual good impressionist like Dana Curry or, like, hung out at SNL once and heard somebody say that and then, like, ah, very good. Now I will start saying it for my bad impressions that everyone on Earth does, like Al Pacino and Christopher Walken. Wait, see, see, it's about it's about the essence. It's what you need is your essence. Wait, haven't you seen his Bill Clinton? He's a great impersonation guy. <laughs> It's um, so funny that right before all the shit went down that he hosted the Tonys and did Bill Clinton, his, the tools in his arsenal. I, I'm going to be on national TV in 2016. I have to do Bill Clinton and Johnny Carson. Yeah. 
Johnny Carson dead for how many years by that point? Yeah. Like, why? What possible justification? Yeah. Rich- and he loves that, like, kind of like, like, may you be whipped to uh, smithereens by a bruised, uh, 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 by a bruised yeah. yak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Karnak, right? Or... Uh, yeah, he loved those little. Uh, I, I watched a Karnak right before we started doing this, and he he did one of those. It's the, it's the it's maybe the most famous Karnak where he does the joke yak. sis boom ba and sis boom ba is sis boom ba. What's this? Uh, sis boom ba. Uh, and it's the, what is the sound a sh- uh, that a sheep makes when it explodes? That's a famous joke. Oh, sis boom ba. Sis maybe that's a Pat. McC- that could be a Pat McCormick joke. Easily. He might have slipped in that one. Yeah, but, well, it might, it might have come from the weird, wild, twisted mind of Pat McCormick. But in that same segment, Carson, he does a joke that's like, um, may your, it's something about may your only son be stampeded by yeah. homosexual mm. pigs or something. It's really oh, weird. He does, it's like, whatever it is, it's bad, and the audience boos him then in the 70s. Hope that's boo. not the kind of stuff they do on Arsenio. Jeez. Um, <laughs> Jeez, um, these guys. So I want to go into another podcast, and if you scroll down to uh, Anosh, we're going to number 28. Uh, this is uh, when I Googled... Uh, uh, when I Googled Johnny Carson, um, this is one of the things that comes up. It's a podcast called Creep. What a Creep. Okay. It's the What a Creep podcast. And it's about how men are creeps and they profile a different creep every time. And this one was they profile Johnny Carson. And so I was like, oh, is he like a problematic guy? I mean, I know he had divorces and stuff and he cheated and stuff like that. But they kind of, by the end of it, don't really find anything that creepy about him, except that he was an asshole and he was cold. And so I don't think that they're... But let's start the... Let's do the cold open, Anosh, uh, uh, at 0.00. Let's just hear the uh, the start of What a Creep podcast. On- Welcome to What a Creep, the show with Margot Donahue and Sonia Mansfield talking about creeps from the past to the present. This is your quick guide to the biggest creeps, jerks, assholes, and losers. The best of the worst. <laughs> From really two jazzy nice for a show who want about the world creeps. to be a little less creepy. You know, we're talking about creeps. Talking about creeps. Talking about creeps. Hey. Track them down. That's your cohort and creepitude. They're talking about Johnny Carson. So let's spit let's uh let's hit um about uh, this is this is a little nod to this is a little nod to Johnny being like a weirdo, like a dark, like a dark dude. So let's cut to number thirty uh, at nine point oh oh. This is about Johnny's a, a little bit about Johnny. He was a non-religious person who was quietly a part of the skeptics movement. And Skeptics when he died, movement. he had his body cremated with no public service or memorial. He didn't go to them, and he didn't want one. He's one of those people. Ooh. Hmm. How about that, Scott? I mean, he's a little bit... What's the skeptic? Do you know what the skeptics is? I don't. No, I don't know what that refers to at I all. just... Uh, we, we, we don't believe anything. We, we just don't... Uh, we don't buy it. We're the skeptics. <laughs> is that... Is not, that, does that count as creepiness? I'm not. Is buying. skepticism creepy? No, I think they're they're like calling their podcast creep, but they're just basically going like he was a little weird. And the the thing about no funeral, I I don't care about the the fact that he's a creep, but 
I think they just have a podcast where they try and I don't know. But this is another. <laughs> but th- it it does reveal some stuff about him. Okay. Um, okay, okay. So oh okay. Oh, there's go. There's so creepy. Let's go to number thirty one. Anosh. thirty one. That's twenty three fifty five, and this reveals kind of his coldness. I think Scott, his disdain mm. for his audience. Oh, but he seems so nice. <laughs> In. The later part of the 70s, Johnny would also, he was getting more and more famous. He could also take more and more time off. He had like every Friday off. He had 15 weeks of vacation. Like he had a lot of free time, like Howard Stern right now. And Mm -hmm. he would make money in Vegas because he loved Vegas. He didn't like the, the hotels themselves. He would stay off site. But he did like playing to those audiences because they laugh at anything. Like Vegas audiences are the best. They just they enjoy like, everything. It's because no they're one, drunk. Yeah. It doesn't drunk. seem like he enjoyed they're anything. They're, they're drunk and they're on vacation. Like everything's fine. Mm-hmm. He would have two shows a night, 8 and 10 p.m. He rarely changed the routine and he had it to be down to just under an hour for each set. So in between the sets, and instead of visiting the casino and talking with fans, which he hated to do, he hated Carson it. would make his lawyer hang out with him in his dressing room. Pretty soon, Bushkin, Bushkin. had. Uh, Bushkin. I don't know. Okay, had that's the other thing. Decide. Cut it a nose. Mushkin. That's the other thing. That yeah. that reveals some of Johnny's coldness and disdain for his his audience and his kind of like just he's he's not he's joyless, but he's like I'm better than you. He's like I'm better than you. I am hmm. better than, but I'm joyless. And he he talked about Johnny would talk about his difficult mother. He had some kind of like mean mom or something. Oh, really? Huh? Huh? Um, weird, like wild a- stuff. <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. Sorry. It's pretty wild. Did he? Was he considered a like darker than other people on TV, or did we just like? Was there more time to get to know him and get to know that he uh, is not as nice as he seems? I I think yeah, maybe there. I don't. I think he might have been an. I, uh, yeah, was that's that's a good question. Was he like exceptionally dark as a personality? Like it, I've heard Jack Benny was like the best, like a really hmm. good person and a fun guy. But yeah, maybe maybe Carson was just a he was a dark horse and he was like the best. And I mean, the only thing I think of that he did that was like he, I guess Joan Rivers, like he was mad that she didn't kiss the ring and like give him a call when she got her own and like get his approval when she got her own talk show because he had made her huge from having her co uh, guest host the tonight show so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he was like, Oh, you're cut off. Uh, what the weird, the stuff you did was too weird. Wild. I'm, I'm not uh, talking to you again. Not sure if you know, I'm not really down with things that are weird or wild, and yeah. I consider what you did to me both. So. It's cuckoo. It's weird, wild cuckoo. It's crazy. Um, this yeah. might fly in some uh, more weird, wild country than the one that we're in, but this is America, and weirdness and wildness uh, yeah. uh, should be against the law, like and, the, and I hope they will be one day. That might fly in the wild, wild country documentary. Have you seen this? Now, have you seen this, Ed? this cult. It's about this cult, right? <laughs> it's a whole city. They, they've they've got a store. They've got a they've got a pizza parlor. They got it all. You know what I asked? My first question: Do they have a golf course? <laughs> <laughs> if so, uh, sign me up for uh, forty robes in medium. 
<laughs> I wear a nine and a half in a, a purple Nike. Uh, I <laughs> okay. Let's go to uh, Fred Kane now. Uh, let this, the, now this now that we know a little bit about darkness, I th- I just think it's actually pretty fascinating. Now Malkoff, Mark Malkoff, the uh, eponymous host of this totally amazing podcast, um, gets. Johnny's stockbroker and when they're talking it's clear that Malkoff did work to get this guy this guy did not want to do the podcast okay and we can see that this is because also because why would Johnny's stockbroker want to do a podcast stockbrokers aren't like people who are like public like you're private about this but and he says that in the podcast but I think Anosh let's go to 129 that 18 um, and this is the best intro to a podcast that I've ever heard. <laughs> Enjoy. Fred Kane, thank you so much for talking with us. Okay. So how did you come to know Johnny Carson? Got it. So that's oh, it. I yeah. Wow. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Okay. Pause, pause, pause. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's a part I like where he... Yeah, just I love how in the weeds we are. We're talking to the stockbroker, and they ask. Uh, uh, he asks, "Is there any? Did you represent anyone else who was kind of famous, like Johnny Carson?" And he says, uh, "Well, let's see. You know, Neil Simon worked with Neil Simon, and uh, I don't. Uh, I don't really want. I don't want to say anyone else. I don't. I feel a little yeah. this. I'm, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna say. Yeah, he's and and the, and, the, and and he just goes. Uh, okay, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. Don't worry about it." Well, he's extremely withholding with Malkoff, and Malkoff does his best, and I feel bad for Mark Malkoff, the host of this show, uh, because he is trying, and this guy's like whole profession has been like, I don't talk about my clients. Uh, I'm kind of weirded out by doing this, but, but, and I have so much, I get gained so much respect for Fred Kane because, you know, you heard about in the last uh, podcast about how he would kind of like his best friend was his lawyer Mushkin and he would always be around Mushkin and stuff and so and if you if you hear uh, or if you watch one of the Charles Grodin one of the Charles Grodins in particular he really goes hard on Carson and Carson's clearly upset with what Charles Grodin is saying and Charles Grodin's kind of going Charles Grodin's going you know we know you pay your friends all your friends are paid off <laughs> uh, you don't have any real friends. And Johnny's like, oh, 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 thank Like Johnny's hurt. Like it's a it's a vicious thing. And so knowing that gives me like how Fred Kane is gives me respect for for Fred Kane. He plays tennis. This guy, his stockbroker, he plays tennis with Carson. That's their social activity. So Anosh, they really nine- hung out, which is tough to, I guess, for Carson. Yeah, maybe Carson didn't have a lot of like real friends, quote unquote. Yeah, but he did, and it's Fred Kane. Yeah, all so, he needed to do in exchange was like give him access to all of his money. Yeah, exactly. What was it like playing tennis with Carson? How would you describe it? <laughs> well, I think it was uh, fun, uh, more fun when we I weren't think. playing, when we we're sitting around <laughs> talking a little bit, and so that's uh, you know he nice. was. Uh, he, he wasn't so tense. When he played tennis, he was very serious and it was very tense. Ooh. The games were, you know, it became pretty easy for me through the years, but playing with them. But I, I'd say at first, the first six months or a year, it was tense playing with him. He loved playing with you so much that he would actually ask you to fly to Las Vegas 
when he he was booked at the Sahara. Did that surprise you? What was that like just when you would fly to Vegas just to play uh, tennis with Carson? Well, I mean, to me, it was uh, an accommodation on my part. I mean, he didn't pay me for it. Uh, Ah, uh, He arranged the room for me and whatever, wherever we were. And a couple of times I took my father with me and we'd play doubles. I'd ask him, Carson ahead of time, and he had played with my father before, and he enjoyed it. But he wanted to play always with somebody he was comfortable with. Uh, so I, I think whether it was me or it was a pro, he wanted somebody he was comfortable with uh, rather than a stranger. Besides there you Henry go. Bush. Anosh, let's cut that. And, uh, you know, you just you just see that that, that Carson is, you know, it's like he's flying him to Vegas. At one point, Carson offers to fly Fred Kane to Wimbledon. And Fred is just like, you know what? We're not friends. And it's just, it's great because Fred is kind of like, is like dissed by Carson. Like Carson's like, come to my parties and everything. You're my stockbroker. And I think it's number 23, Anosh. Um, this Don Rickles encounter says so much. This Don Rickles encounter that oh, that yeah. he has is, says so much about how Fred Kane, Johnny Stockbroker, was treated at parties and stuff. Um, so let's hit uh, 23, Inosh. Yes, who was that and what did he say to you? Well, it was that uh, comedian uh, Don Rickles. And he came over to me and I he was a favorite of mine on stage. I thought he was a real crack up, you know, in terms of a comedian. And they came over to me and said, who are you? I don't recognize you. I said, I'm, I'm Johnny's uh, stockbroker. And he looked at me and says, oh, you're a broker. And he turned around and walked away. <laughs> and so, so cold. That sort of That's so cold. I didn't feel it's like just like exalted. so evil. It's so evil. Like, well, just, Rickles he, would roast you if he loved you. Yeah. But he, he here, he just turned and walked away. Oh, the got worst. Nothing. Yeah, Ugh. if he doesn't roast you, it's so it's so evil. It's like it's like it, it makes me think of him differently. But it, but it's also like yeah, he's like oh you're his broker. Yeah, fuck you. I'm not I'm not expending energy. I spend all my time like coming up with jokes about Frank Sinatra. So you know, like oh god, I gotta work around these guys. I'm not working around you. Fuck you, you broker. You're not important enough to get a breath out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. I mean, that's the joy of the podcast is hearing very sad, odd memories from people who are not on podcasts very often, who aren't interviewed anywhere else, who seem to often be recording it like through a flip phone or a landline. Uh, like yeah. you could, you know, they they don't got the podcast gear on the other end. These are like no, um, they, you know. These people's grandchildren will be. This is like the main record that they'll have of what you know. What did Great yeah. Grandpa Fred sound like? Fred, yeah, they're gonna be. They're gonna be in some kind of fucking, you know, uh, pod in the future and <laughs> gathered around the hearth listening to like Fred go tennis with Carson is amazing, and they're just like, wow, we're so far removed from this strange Fred man, but I appreciate him. And uh, if this Johnny Carson podcast hadn't spoken to everyone who ever encountered Johnny Carson yeah. in his life. And chased them down. <laughs> um, and uh, I heard you had a fender bender with Johnny once. 
I found yeah. I contacted the LAPD to hear if he was in any dust ups, yeah. and I saw that you exchanged information with him. How was he? This Did guy, he shake your hand? Did he seem mad? This guy's the Harvey Levin of uh, <laughs> of celebrities of fifty years ago. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if only he had a time machine. Yeah, Harvey Levin with a time machine is a dangerous man. <laughs> oh, look oh, out, imagine. John Wilkes! Look out, John Wilkes Booth! <laughs> we got you at the theater after the show. We got Let's you. See, at the- what are we planning to do today, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Get the camera out of my face. What is this shining box you spl- flash at me? Anyway. Oh, yeah, mainly that. Yes, he would have like ruined everyone's brains with technology. And then, I don't, you know, maybe Harvey Levin is what we need. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that level of harassment. That uh, is, is actually stop good. Stop your Hitlers and your Stalins. <laughs> <laughs> so here's they just be they'd be upset by the thermos. Oh yeah. Uh, how do you keep how do you keep a drink? What a smoothie? <laughs> I don't know what, what this, this is of what you drink. <laughs> so number twenty two, Anosh, this is so this is Malkov kind of just to just to go get back to Pat McCormick, you know, just mm. Malkov playfully asking here. Uh, and you can you can tell that Pat McCormick was quite the uh, the crack up. So let's hear uh, and, and also quite the uh, the controversial figure. So let's play 22 there. Anosh. When Pat McCormick came to your home for the poker game, do you have any stories? I mean, the guy, the stories are kind of, I don't know, infamous. You uh-huh. never knew what he was going to do. Now, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> the way it goes, you don't tell a lot of stories because the poker keeps moving and you want to play cards. So it's mostly quips, mostly one liners and wow. stuff like that. Like so Louis. all I remember, it was very funny and I don't know anything that I'd attribute to him other than he was a very funny guy and a very nice guy. I had to ask. Now, you were telling me... Oh, you Mark to wants yeah. that dirty dirt. Wow, Mark yeah. wants the dirty, baby. Th- that's the thing also, uh, these these older guests... And again, it's why I think these are the superior guests. Like, you know, you can hear Mel Brooks talk on a lot of things, but oh, yeah. where else are you going to find these unpolished, these people who don't know how to tell stories or relay pleasantries? When In the stage manager roundtable, I know there's a part where he asks about, were there ever any fun pranks that you would play on the set of the show and one of them i think dan my favorite guy says well no because the show is already about comedy so you were trying to get the the jokes up and running so you didn't you didn't have time to do a prank oh yeah number 13 anosh we got that number number 13 that's 41 that's 42 15 Pat McCormick do anything fun? No. No. Did you play pranks? No. Did, did you ever like have a food fight? No, it'd be a mess. How many times did you take out the wires? His dick. You couldn't clean up the pies. Off Everybody the kept it clean. <laughs> we were polite in those days. Maybe on Arsenio it was different. It wasn't the type of show that practical you do practical jokes on because the whole thing is about comedy. I remember uh Pat Wayne, John Wayne's son, was telling a story about they were making the Green Berets. And that was a show that you would do practical jokes on because, you know, it was obviously not a comedy. So there was a, the guy who uh, wrote the book, Green Berets, I can't recall his name. He wanted to be in the movie. So they gave him this horrible long piece of dialogue. He said, well, uh, we found him at grid 605-999-63378, bearing 5869. And he's supposed to run in and grab a M16 off the wall. 
Well, they nailed the gun to the wall, the rifle to the wall, and he couldn't get it off, you know. And that was all on film, and that was a gag. So that's the kind of show you would do those kind of gags on. So he doesn't reveal any pranks about The Tonight Show, which was the question. He instead goes into a story about his buddy Pat Wayne, because I guess John Ford hangs out with Pat Wayne. Uh, uh, you know, John Wayne, so all the sons. Hang here's out. a corker. Yeah, he here's was telling it. So first, let me tell you the <laughs> code that he was saying. That's important for you to know <laughs> before you know that they nailed the gun to the wall. And he so, comes up and they got it all on film. So that was on film and that was a gag in the show. That's another thing I like about these old crew guys, and this is still true, and maybe you found this on things you've worked on, John, they, that they always call it a show, even if it's a movie. Why yeah. is that? What is this weird? This is like the old crusty union guys. So we're yeah. so we're when we're doing that show, yeah. you see somebody talking about that. And the show he's talking about is Star Wars. Yeah. What is the why, do, why can they not use the word movie? That's What's something this code? that once you're in yeah once you're in uh, doing on sets that's that's what uh, crew calls uh, movies is shows. What what shows next for you or whatever? Yeah, that's. Yeah, you be setting up any gags on the next show? Yeah, yeah, you guys. Uh, yeah, you got that. Uh, who you working with? Any any pranksters? Any creative pranksters with any nails and hammers? We can <laughs> nail all kinds of shit to the wall. <laughs> and some um, name come. Well, Kevin Monroe. Yeah, he's a real. He's a prankster. I think. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. The, he's a teamster prankster. Dan, Dan Trank. Oh, that guy will do a gag on every show. You got to watch out for him. That guy's in He'll pranksters. He'll nail your shoes to the ground. That guy's in prankster's local uh, April Fool's Day. He's in a, a prankster's local uh, 69. Uh. He got his license finally. He was an assistant prankster for 12 years. He was he couldn't get on a, a union prank job. Yeah, he finally a- they came through. I signed off for him, too. He deserves it. Good kid. We got, okay, so the 10 laws of Carson. Getting raved over to the couch. We got yeah. two, Freddy de Cordova, yeah. the presence of him. Number three, he's better and funnier when he bombed. And then number four, weird, wild stuff, yeah. which isn't really a law, is it? So what's another law? What's another law here? Yeah, Ed stuff is that always drunk. comes up. Ed, I feel like no. we had more of these on the, I mean, we were saying tennis and golf in golf. general. Golf is definitely... A Carson yeah. trope. So number five maybe is is golf. Is golf Malibu? Uh, Malibu. Is, right? I'm driving. I'm driving to Malibu. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll um, be out in Malibu. Yeah. I feel like um, we're. I feel like we're getting a, a big one. Like because yeah, you only have oh his so affairs. Much to work his affair. Well, he's notoriously oh, and the, oh, the divorces. Joking about the divorces. Divorces a little bit in the show. Yeah. Not too much. He's like again. This is a different time. You don't put your public life on display. Yeah, he's but like the, the when he'd do it, he'd really go for it. He'd be like, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Kenny and Dolly, uh, you know, they 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 went for a ride uh, this weekend on the uh, the Maid of the Mist uh, over the uh, Niagara Falls. Uh, I got taken for a ride recently. And that would be about his divorce. <laughs> and, uh, but that's all he would say. And then he's also, well, his divorce, he would say, but he was legendarily, this is another law of Carson, definitely, golf, divorce. He was legendarily helpful to comedians. Comedians loved sure. him. Except for Joan Rivers. Well, helpful to a point with Joan Rivers, but not to the point where you have your own show. No. 
Right. She didn't kiss the ring, baby. Anosh, okay. can we just hear the the intro the the intro thing to um to Malkoff's podcast, to the Carson podcast? Let's just check out the intro to Mark Malkoff's Carson podcast and it it gives a lot of an idea of some of the comedians he it gives a big it gives a good idea of some of the comedians he's helped over the oh years. the little snippets of right 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 I knew this is where comedy was Johnny Carson changed my life twice it was just like twice. a dream it was just like everything I had worked for and dreamed about has come to fruition they said Johnny fell over laughing. <laughs> It makes me so happy. I made him laugh. But with Johnny, you knew you that knew you had a kid audience and you could really go crazy. My wife at the curtain, all hell broke loose backstage. People were running up and said, go back out, go oh back out. God. Johnny wants you back. I walked back through the curtain very calm and Johnny, I took a bow and Johnny put that little circle up at the finger and I knew I had a ride. Oh yeah. That little circle. The circle. Is that a, mm. is that a law? Is I don't. That, I don't think I know about the circle. Well, he goes uh, like this, which means you're coming back or something. Like you're coming. Oh, back to okay. The show. Or is that the wave over? Is the wave over actually an okay? Or is the uh, is the okay signaling to Decordova that this guy was good and we're gonna have him back on the oh, show? Oh, maybe that's the signal to Decordova to be like, all right, babe, babe, Johnny likes it. Get him on the list. Um, so get him a we'll put him, we'll give him a Christmas card and we'll invite him back next time we bump somebody. Yeah, we're going to have a strained relationship. Um, and I think, I think uh, Anosh, if we can go back to um, that, um, that Fred Kane episode, I really, I, this, is what, this is what made me respect Fred Kane. Is, is a law of Carson that Fred Kane was his stockbroker? I think maybe that might not be a law. That's probably that's a pretty obscure fact. We're defining uh, these laws, so this can be a law. Fred Kane. Yeah, all right. Fred Kane. Fred Kane, because we're helping Fred Kane's progeny, you know, to kind of like appreciate and learn about him. They're going to be listening to this podcast, too, by the way. This is what makes me love Fred Kane right here. When you told Carson that you wanted to end your working with him, did you ever talk to him again? Did you ever expect to talk to him again at that point in 1988 when you uh, when you weren't working with him anymore? No, I figured that my professional relationship was over with him. My use to him was over, and it was over. We parted friends, of course, but he never sought out my opinion on anything. He never called me again. He never asked me to play tennis again, and of course... I didn't call him, but I bumped into him uh, several different times. Uh, they have tennis tournaments out here in California. So I'd go to some of the tennis tournaments, see some of the matches, and I'd, I'd see him sitting over in his box. And so I'd walk over and we would shake hands and he'd ask how my wife was and this and that. He's very cordial. But it was, when it was over, it was over. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah. It's just, he, I like the distance he has from Carson because he did get, he talks about getting treated nastily by both Don Rickles and Bill Cosby. I think like no, him knowing that Carson's scene was toxic and just kind of being like, you know what? I'm going to be your, I'll play tennis with you. I enjoy playing tennis and I, you know, like doing this, but you know what? We're not friends, man. Like it's interesting. 
it's mm. it's just it it makes me love Fred Kane. I'm just like, yeah, he's kind of like, I don't know, maybe he's a piece of shit too. Um, but this is this, <laughs> this is, is a stockbroker. This is a funny, yeah, exactly. This is a funny quip. Uh, this is the last. This is number twenty-seven, Anosh. That's thirty-seven forty, and uh, this is this is kind of uh, a little a little uh, character little moment for Fred Kane. Then I just think it's cute. Uh, I don't uh, know what you do with this, but I hope uh, it helps what you're doing. By the way, the dealing with you is a pleasure. You are understanding about my delays and stuff, and uh, I'm happy you uh, proceeded the way you did. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Well, when this is up, I'll definitely get it to you, and you're going to make a lot of people happy. So thank you, sir, and good luck with everything. Take care. Have a good end of the year. You too, sir. Bye. What a sweetie. Wow. I like how he's like, I don't know what you do with this. <laughs> I don't know why we did this. Uh, uh, thanks for noticing. I don't noticing know what me. it is that you're doing. What I know is stockbroking. Why? And that's not what we did. But whatever it is that we did do, I didn't hate to do. Yeah. You're talking about a guy that was kind of a shithead I played tennis with that I sort of liked. <laughs> So we got if you know any if you know any of the other people I played tennis with feel free to, to I'll do a podcast about them too but I bet you don't. Uh this is my last podcast of my life. This is no more after this. This will be my last. Yeah, this is helping Going him out to, strong. He's going to be in in uh, what's the Viking heaven called? Valhalla. Valhalla. He's going to be in Valhalla and since we've we've put his his name Fred Kane uh, will be saying people will be saying his name for generations to come. So he's going to be enjoying some time. And I hope so. And you were saying at the beginning that we want to, you know, get some of the shine of Carson. But I think we've gotten a lot more shine off of Fred Kane. I'm yeah. I'm on the side. So- I'm if we're if we have to choose custody in their tennis breakup. I choose Fred Kane, who seems very sincere from that ending. He doesn't have a dark side. I think the Fred Kane that you hear in media is the Fred Kane in real life. Yeah. Not like this Carson fella with yeah. his creepiness and his darkness. Yeah, his and- compartmentalization of emotions, his uh his, his kind of seediness. He's definitely like a seedy vagusness mixed with kind of a cold uh approach and just kind of like like, you know, when he got divorced, he was just like, he probably was just like, uh, you know, wrote like a post-it and was like, eh, it's over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't mean to be too weird or wild, but I can't talk about this face to face. It's over. <laughs> it, was just, it was just an arrow pointing at the door. Yeah, there's the door and uh, I'm out of here. And please enjoy the half of my money that you're doing. Uh, I'm going to go golf with uh, alcoholics. Go talk to Fred. He'll give you your cut. Yeah, he is. Johnny Carson, is he funny? Is, mm. is he funny, Scott? I'd say yes. Like I said, I think I've struggled uh-huh. with the characters. I don't think I get Art Kern and I don't always get Karnak. Those like those those smothered by a dead moose. I don't know how I feel about Car- those. Karnak but I think, is, like, is bad good. Too. Yeah, like it's yeah, 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 yeah. There's that aspect to it too. Yeah, but like uh, and an addictive yeah. voice to do. But I think that I think those moments where he really is him and reacting and off the cuff. I think those prove that he's funny, right? R- right, and and yeah. I no, uh, I I've um, seen I've been watching quite a bit of uh of him on YouTube, and he is 
he has the power to come up with like extremely good packaged network ready very funny things spontaneous so yeah i mean he is yeah. he is funny in his kind of like taking things in and reacting that's why I, that's his strong suit like joke delivery joke writing i don't know like and or, so like tight i'm so impressed by anybody who can like get out a little thing in seven words with no likes and ums and stumbles which is what i do i'm on a podcast talking for two hours and uh, uh murmuring and stumbling and saying oh like i just did now carson all those guys on these shows just spit out these pearls yeah how did they do it you're, what, was, you're, what was in the water where people had these pearls at the ready all the time scott gardner you're selling yourself really short in terms of oh. pearls and in terms of clarity oh you got I the hope pearls. That there's pearls and oh, thank you, thank hey, your, you. Pearls are spilling out of your mouth. Is that a bad? <laughs> That's weird, wild stuff. Anyway, uh, um, may you swallow a thousand clams. <laughs> <laughs> we love Carson. Uh, give I it up. We, do. we love. We, we love, love Carson. Carson. We really love Fred Kane. I think that's, that's those are the findings. We there's one Carson podcast. This is the only one. It's Mark Malkoff. We give you props. And, Thanks, uh, Mark Malkoff, for interviewing. Every possible person. There's one that I didn't dive into or, or tell you to listen to, John. And I, so I haven't heard it myself. But I just was I was going through like what are the craziest like what's the most obscure of people that he's talked to? And I just really liked this synopsis. Kelly Lang joins Mark to discuss Johnny uh, uh, on air granting Orson Welles's wish to meet her. What and Doc Severinsen playing trumpet at her dog's memorial. Oh, love that. I mean, what? Look. He talked to somebody who's got Doc Severinsen to play. Was it like taps the like burr, 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 <laughs> for her dog? But it was Why this. It happen? was. Even at a dog funeral, you want to hear Doc play the hits. Oh, yeah. So in the in the in the tradition of Jordan Peterson and Robert Greene we have the 10 laws of Carson um we have number one, getting waved over to the couch. We have number two, Freddie de Cordova. We have number three, better and funnier when he bombed. We have number four, weird, weird wild stuff. Number five, golf. He loved golf. Number six, divorces. Number seven, very helpful to comedians. And number eight, the eighth rule and final rule so far of Carson, Fred Kane is his stockbroker. And then <laughs> the existence of Fred Kane. The existence of Fred Kane. And then can we come up with 10? Is there another one? How about uh, suits? He he had those famous suits, and he had his own brand of suits, the Johnny. Oh that's, yeah, that's not. I like those. Like, show. Those, I'm sorry, those, those really crazy plaid ones. He got he 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 was very wild with yeah. the suits in the '70s. There's a museum here in in Burbank where I live that has a, a Carson suit on a mannequin. And it's exciting to round the corner or not. You don't expect to see one of those crazy nine pattern Carson suits. And it's exciting to see it. Is Burbank one of the rules Is the, in general? Burbank. Oh, yeah. Television City. Burbank, California. Fascination with Burbank because there's a Johnny Carson uh, park here. It's got a right. little etching of him. Yeah. Um, and, and that's right across the street from where he he drove into the studio. So maybe Burbank. Uh, you know, I think Burbank, Burbank has his natural... As his habitat and the place where he, uh, he he did his finest work, I like um, that. And maybe could be that maybe He's a ten boy could ten be Ed McMahon. 
Like he's just kind of like a vestige of, or like a, an offshoot of Johnny in a certain way. Like, or is he a sub? He's a, he's 10 B. He's, he's 10. He might be 10 B. Yeah. He gets, he gets a, a sidekick, gets a letter. Yeah, I guess in general, the, he the has stro- the curtain, like, the curtain, the multicolored curtain. He's got the golf. Sure. I mean, the golf intro where he takes a swing, a fake swing before he starts the monologue. But that Pretty goes good. in. That's part and parcel of golf, which is number five. So I'm just like, what did people talk about all the time? The, a lot of guests talk about the was Ed drunk or not. And the, and the real thing is that he was drunk a lot, but w- would never drive. His, his he would, thing, al- he would always thing, have a limo on yes. hand so that he would never get into accidents. Well, his his motivation was uh, in the end. Uh, the, the, the stage managers episode, they talk about this. That Ed would never, they're like, Ed would, you know, he'd drink during this. She was plastered out of his, of course, he was a all day drunk alcoholic 1950s dude. He was drunk all the time (laughs) and probably on pills when they came out and he'd just try everything. But the reason why he he would, they'd be like, but he was always safe. He was always safe. He never drove. And it's like, yeah, he got in, he would always talk about, which is very Larry Sanders. He would always talk about like he can't drive because if he gets a DUI, he'll lose Budweiser. He had a big Budweiser contract where he would go like drink, he'd lose a sponsorship. It's very like Hank Kingsley, you know, just like I'll lose Budweiser if I have a DUI or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, extremely. Or is the tenth thing that you know? It's that you, what you see. You can't bring up Johnny Carson without seeing that the tomahawk going into the crotch. You know what I'm talking about? Wait, like it's on tom- every wait. highlight reel where there's a guy. There's a guy from a western, uh, um, right? And he he throws an axe, and it, it's on a. There's an outline of a of a human shape, and the, it lands perfectly at the crotch. And then Johnny mm. does kind of a, a take to ki- he, he milks it for a long time. I, I don't I forget what the line is. Or is it like getting peed on by uh, I, animals? I it think he says. That. I think he says. I didn't know you were Jewish. Oh, wow. I didn't know That's you a, were yeah. Jewish. Yeah. I didn't know you were Jewish. Now that's a joke that that's I tap wish. my pen. Okay, so tomahawk, tom tomahawk. Is that crotch, essential? Crotch, crotch, tomahawk. Crotch, um, tomahawk. Number ten. Crotch, tomahawk. Is, yeah. So number is nine is now Burbank, California. Burbank. Mm-hmm. And number is crotch, tomahawk. I uh, didn't know you were Jewish. Joke. That's crotch, that's tomahawk, it. Tomahawk circumcision. Mm-hmm. I love that Mel Gibson movie. Crotch, tomahawk. Okay. Now that's weird, <laughs> wild stuff. Now, Scott, on yeah. deliberately wasting your time we judge podcasts on a scale of 0.5 to plus two now plus two is the lowest score that means fast forwarding through it because you hate the podcast 0.5 you're slowing the podcast down to get even more detail from the sound every morsel yes yes so two point Two, it's counterintuitive, but two is bad. And 0.5, negative 0.5 is good. So where would you put the Johnny Carson podcast? It's just, again, just like golf. You want the score to be lower. It's perfect. It's It's perfect to talk Carson and have this scoring system. He'd be so proud of us. (laughs) You got the golf in there. Good job, guys. Hard to get a 0.5 in golf, but uh, unless you're cheating. That's chill, normal stuff. (laughs) <laughs> it's not weird. It's not wild. Not weird. It's not chill wild at all. and normal. 
Um, so I, well, look, I, you know, I, I've gotten into this podcast, the, the Carson podcast, because I listen, to, I do listen to it while going to sleep. And that is not meant as a slam on it. I listen to podcasts to go to sleep, especially, and I, I just choose ones that don't have ads. I don't want some oh, music interrupting things. Yeah. Um, so I want something that's not getting a lot of ad attention that doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know, sudden uh, little uh, <laughs> segments or whatever. I just want unbroken talking for a long time. And I find that all of these people so pleasant the stage managers and the writers and somebody who Carson had lunch with once and his like fill in trumpet player. I want to hear these nice people uh, tell these meandery stories. Oh, yeah. And I it makes me think maybe slowing it down would be a good idea that it would lull me in even further and uh, and, and relax me even more. So I, I think I'd have to give it a point five because point five. I, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. a perfect, just so you know, that's a perfect score. Like a Doughboy's allegory would be like five forks, five tines, or whatever. Was well, there a middle? Do you, can you do like a, like, do, well, can I dock at anything? Think of it like, as a is, scale of one to 24. Two is one, all the way up to 20. Sure. Yeah. So 25. two is one. Got it. Rather 25. And, yeah. Well, let me do like, so I, what if I only slow it down a little bit? It's like a point two. Let's that's not it. go nuts here. That's like yeah, giving yeah. it a, 8.5 that's like a b okay point. yeah okay yeah yeah I, I i think that's right um you know because you you slow you slow these guys down too much and you start thinking that fred kane is having a heart attack and we don't want that well it's so not we it's not literally slowing it down scott it's just the concept well and it and it pitch corrects correctly uh, uh, uh yeah right. let's just say so. it pitch corrects back to <laughs> normal Wow, uh, you're getting right, okay. too. So, so let's do a point. This two. guy's getting funky and crazy and cuckoo. With getting the real scoring. literal with the, the uh, with, with the decimals. Um, I'm gonna give it. I, I I think that I'll listen to a lot of this. I'm gonna give it a zero, which is a really high score too. I I didn't I don't it's know just exactly right. I don't yeah. know if I'll mm-hmm. listen. I don't know if I'm gonna be as religious, even though I, I do love Carson, but I love more. Watching him, I already listen. I already do like the Gilbert Godfrey podcast, which I love. You know what? I'll probably listen to a lot of this. I'll give it a point one. This is a point. You gave it a point. I'll okay. give it a point one. A little great, higher great, great. than a zero. We'll slow down. Right, so right, right. That's, that's like, great. Yeah, you're right that the Gilbert Godfrey podcast is another good source of uh, old people telling oh, stories. I love it. I listen to every Gilbert Godfrey podcast. It's so funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm Gilbert I'm, and I'm, Frank. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, shout, hey. shout out, shout out. Uh, if, yeah, whether you want to hear, if you want to hear Dennis DeYoung from Styx tell, yeah. weave a bunch of tales. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I shouldn't be doc- overlooking the great old people who they have on their show. Uh, oh, that's good. No, but I'll mm-hmm. listen to this. I'll listen to that. I can listen to any amount of like my childhood comedians telling very dry stories or literally stage managers. Yeah, it's even better. Everybody check that out and everybody check out podcast the ride. That's Scott's hey. amazing amusement park podcast that I've been on an episode and I love. And they get really uh, weird and wild about uh, amusement parks all over the world. Hey, I think so. I, I hope so. Yeah. Podcast The Ride with Mike Carlson and Jason Sheridan, my co-hosts. Um, you know, we 
we certainly bring up uh, talk show stuff, I'd say, and and Leno comes up. Leno looms large. We did a whole episode. We did a, a almost three hour episode dissecting the Late Shift, the great made for TV movie, in which Rich Little plays Johnny Carson and does the impression well, but then also has to like act scenes, which is a, a funny endeavor for for Rich. Wait, is um, that a ride? Uh, no, it's not. We we get a little get we. I'd say we keep it. Uh, regular and normal on our main feed, but on the Patreon, the second gate, that is where the weird, wild stuff goes. And by that, I mean the things that are not theme park oriented and people will still cut us a break. If if it's like kitschy and poppy and stupid, uh, I I think it qualifies enough as theme parky. So it it, it works for us. So that's that's our logic. If it works for us, it works for me. You guys, the after ship pressure's off. That's what I want, you know, if if Johnny could have just done some, I want to see his after show. I want to see what he's like on the drive home. Yeah. Uh, um, but maybe he's got he a gun in maybe his he mouth. Saved it only, he's I got a so. gun in his mouth. He's like, should I pull the trigger? Is it worth it? Ed, do you think it's worth it? Should I pull the trigger? Should I blow my brains all over this Cadillac kind of, kind of like Eldorado? Approaching um, Woodman on the 101. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to get off on the 27. Take my time. Um, I, uh, I, I splatter my brains in the carpool lane. Yeah. <laughs> I love Carson just on the brink of suicide every night driving home. Um, so thank you it. so much, Scott Gardner, for being here. Anosh, did you have a score you wanted to give, uh, to the podcast at all or any ideas? I, I actually, I agree with about point one. I think it's, uh, I would listen to this. Surely. I love old yeah. tales of late night too. I'm obsessed with late night. I think, uh, and especially like you were saying how dry everything is. It's great. Yeah. And I like Malkoff and I like that. Yeah. Point one, point one. Yeah. It's right there. Cause I'll listen to a lot of it. And Malkoff is really good at um, just kind of like actually coming up with, he, he, he hits a lot of stone walls <laughs> and brick walls, but like, especially with non-comedians, but like he's very good at coming up with creative questions. So yeah, definitely point point one on this. He keeps, um, he persists even when he is yes. t- told that there isn't a story there. Yeah. What? No. What was up with Carson's into? Do you have any memorable things? No, I don't remember. <laughs> I was working. I yeah. didn't keep a diary. I'm not a 14-year-old girl. <laughs> Next question. I'm leaving. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. After <laughs> anyway, that's actually my favorite part. It's the, the juxtaposition of how it's like the tabloid generation talking to people who don't give a shit about famous people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like people who are in, and like you know, uh, John Ford's grandson must be pretty jaded on the whole thing too. I mean, mm-hmm. he probably has generational abuse too. Generation. <laughs> from the john ford family i mean you know or or john ford was a nice guy who knows ladies and gentlemen thank you so much go to the patreon go to my patreon as well go to scott's patreon donate there subscribe i'll be putting weird wild stuff on my patreon and um thank you again to scott gardner for coming in and uh please come back please come back we'll do something else anytime Awesome. Uh, now, will you join us again? Uh, oh, John, wait, John, give me the give me the okay to let me know that I can come back. I'm yeah! giving you the circle. Yeah. Oh my God. You're when waved John, over to the couch. 
John John gave me the wave over to do the podcast to begin with, and then I got the circle at the end. I mean, it's what can I say? John is great for up and coming comedians. It's deliberately uh, waving your time. I'm waving you over (laughs) to the podcast. When John deliberately Um, waved my time, it made my time. (laughs) All right, you're the best, Scott. Thanks so much. Thanks, Anosh. McAdam, thanks Scott Gardner, and this has been Deliberately Wasting Your Time. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.